Welcome to another episode of The Raven Narratives. I'm Sarah Severson. And I'm Tom Yoder. We are the co-producers of The Raven Narratives. The story you're about to hear was told by Katrina Blair in September at our events at the Grand Imperial Hotel in Silverton and James Ranch north of Durango when the theme was water. Big thanks to the Silverton Theater Mind for helping us work with Silverton Storytellers. Katrina began studying wild plants in her teens by camping alone one summer eating wild foods. She completed a BA in biology and an MA in holistic health education, founded Turtle Lake Refuge, a nonprofit whose mission celebrates the connection between personal health and wildlands, and she's the author of Local Wildlife, Turtle Lake Refuge's Recipes for Living Deep, and The Wild Wisdom of Weeds, 13 Essential Plants for Human Survival. Here's Katrina's story. Thank you. Well, I want to just, when I was outside just a moment ago, I was just really appreciating the four guardian mountains around Silverton, like Grand Turk and um, Kendall and Boulder and Axel Mountain, Anvilite Mountain. And so I just uh, appreciate the people who live in Silverton and the people who have lived in, in Silverton and so much of the magic that brings this town alive. So about 14 years ago, I decided to take a walkabout and go from Durango to Silverton. And um, I decided to do it in about 10 days. I had 10 days to work with, and it ended up being about 120 miles. And the first day, I started with a friend, and uh, we had nice food at that time <laughs> um, for the first day. And so we had some nice granola and some snacks. And then they, my friend took off the next day, midday, and I continued on. And I decided I just want to eat the wild foods. Although I did bring uh, four, actually five avocados and five apples. It was going to be my journey. And then I just wanted to indulge in the wild. And so I when I camped that first night when I was after, after my friend left and I was by myself and I woke up, I had this feeling of just being so spacious that I got the next eight full days to just be in the woods and be with the wild plants and the water. And so I continued my journey and um, ended up finding a puffball mushroom and it looked really delicious and so I ate it. (laughs) I didn't have a stove or I didn't have any, you know, I kept my pack really light. I didn't have utensils or even a water filter or anything. It was just a simple setup. But... Um, but it was delicious, and I think I might have even eaten two in a row because <laughs> I was feeling pretty hungry. And then it, when I looked at my journal, I actually had written that I ate 19 different kinds of wild berries that day, and if I think about it, I can come up with about 15 or 16 of them, but um, I can't remember the last three. I'll have to look back, but it was like four different kinds of gooseberries, and there was choke cherries and service berries and raspberries and these tiny little bilberries. I think I had one and some wild strawberries and thimbleberries, and I even ate a juniper berry. <laughs> anyway, but as I, as I planned my trip, it was all about finding the waterways to lead me to Silverton. What were the best um, ways to go? And when I got to this place where I thought I was going to head um, north and stay on the west side of the highway at 550, that drainage was bone dry and there was no water in it at all. And I had just started my moon cycle a couple days ago and so I, and there were all these bears that were um, in the, <laughs> there were all these stories about bears in the Hermosa Creek area and I just decided I need to make a plan B, you know. So I, 
Of course, I wanted to drink water too. But so I chose to replan my whole route. And I ended up hiking all the way down to the trailhead of Hermosa Creek. And I decided I should hitchhike and get over to the next, to Purgatory Trail, where there would be good water down Cascade Creek. And there was only one person in the parking lot. And um, she was in this little white Camaray kind of car. And um, so I went over to this person. It was getting close to dusk, and I, I kind of wave. And she rolled down her window, and I asked, can I hitch a ride with you? Are you heading north? And she said, yeah, I live in Silverton. And so I said, oh, thanks so much. And she offered to give me a ride. So I get into her car, and as soon as I get into the car, I realize she's completely wasted, like totally drunk. <laughs> and as we start talking, I realize she had just broken up with her boyfriend, and she was in a really hard state. But I was grateful. So we continued driving down the dirt road. And then I remembered that my friend Marie, who lives down the road in Hermosa, has this amazing cherry tree. And so I asked her, do you mind if we stop and pick these cherries on our way? And she was game. And so we stopped. And I knocked on the door. And Marie was like, Cherry, come over and pick some cherries. And in fact, there was an apricot tree there, too. And so for me, it was gold. I came back with these two bags, you know, one cherry and one apricot. And I got to put them in my backpack. And I felt so rich. So then we continue on the highway. And she just drives so fast. <laughs> like We got there in record time, but no incidences. Um, but it was dark by the time she dropped me off, and so I just find my way off. I was so grateful, and I felt so ecstatic to be then dropping down into Cascade Creek area. And um, I, anyway, found a little place to camp, and then the next day continued my journey down to the Animus River and then up to Pigeon Creek, and I decided, oh, it'd be fun to climb Pigeon Peak. So I hike up Pigeon Creek, and um, I hadn't checked out what would be the best route, but I found a way that looked good, and I found myself almost at the summit, but then there was this huge block that was like the size of a Volkswagen that was, I, it was a big overhanging climb to get over it, and then I saw a big sling over it, and I realized, oh, this is the descent route. So I ended up um, being very close to the summit, but backing off, and then continuing on, like up and over a few other passes, and eventually, I found myself actually because, I mean, there were so many good wild foods, but when you're up at high elevation, there's also, there's, there's this great breakfast meal where you take this, this alpine spring beauties, which are really succulent, and then the alpine sorrels, and you put one leaf inside the other leaf, and that makes the best breakfast. And, or it's kind of like a salad and dressing all in one. So I would eat a lot of that, but of course, I had these gold mine of these two bags of cherries and, <laughs> and apricots. And so one morning, I had so much energy that I decided to climb up Guardian, and as I was climbing, it was it's like one of those things where you just can't make a mistake. You're, you're out there, and, um, and I found my dad's a geologist, and so when I was hiking, it was all these rocks were in heart shapes, and every step I would take, it'd be like, oh, I love you. Oh, I love you, too. And it was <laughs> the rocks where and I were having a love affair. And <laughs> but it was also helping me keep every step really stable and you know, conscious. And my dad taught me a long time ago that when we were, we'd go climbing in the mountains and he said, he would, we'd be walking on these talus slopes and he'd say, oh, you've got to pretend you're hiking, you're sneaking into a neighboring village and you don't want them to know you're there. And so you have to walk on every talus rock without making a sound. So you have to choose the right, you know, spot so you don't like make all this noise. So, um, I continued on my journey and, and as I got closer to the end, I started getting more and more excited to visit my friend Dolores LaChapelle, who um, 
I have been so honored to have a long relationship, a friendship with her, and we would study deep ecology and uh, read her favorite magazine, Resurgence. And <laughs> um, so I found myself running towards the end, um, and my pack was light because all I had was half of an avocado left <laughs> and a couple of little cherries that were sort of brown. But um, I ended up getting to Highland Mary's Lakes and then hiking down to where there were some campers down to the road and again asked if I could hitch a ride to uh, town. And they were so kind and they gave me a peach and um, a corn on the cob, which was fresh, and I just gobbled them up. I was so excited. And, you know, when I got to, when I, back, when I did get to Silverton, I was really excited to see friends there. And I think about with Dolores and her message of deep ecology, there's, there's this sweet spot. Like, if I were to define deep ecology, there's, there's that alignment between our outer environment and our inner environment. And when we find that place where we're aligned with both of these worlds, these whole universes, our whole inner universe and the outer, when we find that place where we're in alignment, that's the sweet spot that gives, that just lights us up and we're in that bliss. And I think for my dad, that sweet spot was just going exploring the mountains. And for Dolores, it was deep powder skiing. And I also love all those things. But ultimately, for me, I think it's these wild food walkabouts. That's been my sweet spot where I recenter with all my environments. And so ever since there, and that was 14 years ago. And ever since then, I've done a wild walkabout every year since to different places. But thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much, Katrina, for telling that story. Our next storytelling event will be a story slam with the theme of family on November 30th at the Sunflower Theater in Cortez and December 1st at the Durango Arts Center. To pitch your story for a future Raven Narratives event, fill out the contact form on our website at ravennarratives.org. We are currently looking for storytellers for our upcoming events in February of 2019 when the theme will be love. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, and share these stories with your friends. Thanks to our photographer, McCarson Lee of Red Scarf Shots. Check out the portraits of our storytellers on the gallery page of the Raven Narratives website, and be sure to visit her website at redscarfshots.com. And thanks also goes to our fiscal nonprofit sponsor, Mancus Valley Resources. Find out more about all the wonderful projects they support in the Mancus Valley of Colorado at mancusvalleyresources.com. The website for buying Raven Narratives tickets, ravennarrativestickets.org, was created by Cortez Web Services. Find out how they can help your business online at cortezweb.com. And finally, our theme music was written, composed, and performed by Jazar. And you can find out more about his music on SoundCloud or at freemusicarchive.org. Music